0: Hello dear listeners, I'm James Barnett, the producer and creator of the Night's End podcast. Welcome to the season 2 finale. I can't believe we are here for the 61st episode. When I started this thing I never thought it would make it this far. I just have a few thank yous before we get into the episode. Firstly, I'd like to thank Hawk and Cleaver's The Other Stories, The Tiny Tales Podcast and Tales to Terrify. These podcasts have provided me with inspiration, assistance, and the drive to keep going. I'd also like to thank my loyal patrons, Jason and Debbie Gillen, Scott Davidson, Tristan Fur, Rowan Spargo, Stu Fur, Brian Jeans, Carolyn O'Brien, Lionel Ray Green, and Gibberish. Without your support, this show would sound completely different. A massive shout out to all the narrators and voice actors that have come along for the journey. You all have been so generous with your time and given such great performances. Thank you to all the authors for trusting me with their work to transform them into an audio journey. And finally, thank you all for listening to my podcast. Really enjoy creating it, and I'm glad that others apart from me can find some enjoyment in it, if only for a little while. After this episode, we'll be going on season break, but I'll be working hard on the Night's End Halloween special, which will be seven episodes in seven days. If you're a writer and want your story to be one of these seven, head to nightsendpodcast.com to submit. Submissions close 15th of August. One last thing. For the very best experience, please listen to this episode with headphones on. Stay safe everyone and enjoy the episode.
1: will and...
0: The climb down that well was long. The needle on the compass is spinning constantly. If that's not a sign we're in the right place, I don't know what is. (laughs) We definitely need some light in here. That's better. What's that, friend? Yes. I can see the bones. They're just laid out at the end of the cavern, on that platform.
1: Malik. Yes, Jimmy. I don't know how you found this place, but you will not take another step. I think it's time that you show me how to get to your domain, don't you think? (laughs)
0: Is that what this has all been about? You will never get there. The people of this house are ready to take you on.
1: (laughs) Well, I'd like to see them try. I may not get as much energy from them these days, but it is mine all the same.
0: What are you doing? Armitage, quickly,
1: get over here. <laughs> I don't think so. This fuel is mine. No. Don't worry about me. Just focus on the words and uh, the Necronomicon uh, is the key. Nothing like a fresh spirit to get the powers going.
0: <laughs> now you will be defeated. And now everyone,
2: push. Ah! We hope- Oh, what is
1: happening? Mother, please come back to us. Don't fight against us.
2: Anna? Alan? My love, please help us.
1: Malik, don't touch my family. We need more. It isn't enough! We're here!
0: Let's take him down! It's still not
1: enough! I almost have all of you, an eternity of suffering for you all, an eternal blackness and intense pain in a hell of my creation.
0: (laughs) Friend, what are you doing? He has us. Lament. Written by James Barnett. Narrated by Xander Schweig.
1: January 6, 1906 It has taken three months to cross the Atlantic. I worried for my mother's ailing condition, but it seems the ocean air agreed with her. Her sickly countenance transformed her into an eager passenger waiting for their next adventure. She appeared to almost be able to climb the rigging. I, on the other hand, have been deathly ill. Motion sickness keeps me bedridden for most of the trip. Snarky remarks and hushed laughing, ever-growing my impatience to see land again. I don't know whether it was the seasickness or something more, but I believe I saw the most peculiar thing the other night, out in the rolling waves behind the ship. I saw a black shadow of something following us. A dark shape at the edge of my sight, a mysterious specter, Just enough out of sight to not completely set my alarm bells ringing, but enough for me to furrow my brow with concern. Every time I thought I saw it, I would would focus on it, and it would disappear. But when I resigned myself to the fact nothing was there, I would see it again, a shadow of some form not strictly in the water. It appeared to levitate above the water as well. Floating in the mist away from the ship, a queer sight so far out at sea, I finally decided that it was an hallucination due to the seasickness, because as we grew closer to land, it disappeared, which made me wonder if I'd seen anything at all. January 15th, 1906. I had an interview for a butler position at the Mortain Mansion today. Apparently the previous butler had run off with a chambermaid. This little piece of information was garnered from some of the maid staff who were talking a little too loudly in the servant's kitchen where mother was waiting for me to complete my interview. I do believe the interview went well with Mr. Alan Mortain. Well until his brother burst in quite rudely I may add.
2: You have quite the recommendations, Mr. Sweeney. Please, call me Malik. Well, I say, it's not like a man from across the pond to set aside formalities. What can I say, sir? New world, new times. Indeed, it is, Malik. And please call me Alan. Drink. I insist that the people who work for me here call me by my first name. Unorthodox, I know. But we are all in it together. Here, at the mansion. This is a family, and not just a workplace. Glad to hear it, sir. I've been searching
1: for such a place to assist in looking after my mother.
2: Yes, your application mentioned your mother. How is she?
1: She was doing well on the sea, but since we broke ground, I... I fear her condition has
2: reverted to how it was before. I'm sorry to hear it. There is plenty of room here for her, and she wouldn't lack for care. Uh, sir? Yes, Malik? Does this mean I I have the job? (laughs) Why, yes. I do believe it does. Your credentials sold it to me, in fact. This interview is to just get a measure of you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, (laughs) Uncle, you really shouldn't tease the staff like that. It's unbecoming.
0: Oh, it's it's just a bit of harmless fun. They should know the sort of person I am by now.
1: (laughs) Father! I apologize. We didn't know anyone was in the parlor.
2: It's okay, daughter. I usually receive people in the study, I know. But I wanted Mr. Sweeney here. Malik. To feel a little more comfortable. Malik, this is my daughter, Anna. And this is my brother, Lee. How do you do? A oh, good
1: day. Uh who
0: are you?
2: Lee? This is Malik. He is the new butler.
0: Ah, new butler, eh?
2: Oh. Uh. I thought Lovey was doing a good enough job running the house. No, Lee, there's far too much to do.
1: Welcome, Malik.
2: Charmed, Miss. <laughs> oh, well,
1: you really are from the old country, aren't you? July 23rd, 1906. Unfortunately, Mother is not doing well at all. Her condition deteriorates daily. On the other hand, I am settling in well. The rest of the staff have embraced me as the head servant. All except the valet, Samuel. Not sure why he has taken a dislike to me. We had a moment the other day. Mr. Linklater, please tell the chauffeur to have the automobile brought around by three. The Mortains have an engagement to attend. It's already around the front, sir. Very good. I remind you to watch your attitude, Mr. Linklitter. The last thing we need is for the master of the house to observe your behaviour. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. They never come down here to the servants' quarters. If it's all the same to you, please refrain very well i have the mail here may i take it to mr mortain as it seems i must ask permission thank you that will be all august 3rd 1906 a shadow walks these halls at night as mother declines she wakes up rather frequently throughout the night Last night, around midnight, she called out for some water as she normally does. As I was freshly roused from my slumber, I lay in that place between being awake and asleep, where sound is still a bit muffled and shadows dance. The last thing I expected was to get an offer from a dark visitor." Mal, water. Ugh.
2: <gasps> Hello? Who's there?
1: Show yourself! Mal? Yes, Mother. I'm here. Mother, don't drink too fast.
2: Mal, you're a good boy. Always looking after me. Always there for me. Malik, Who's there?
0: One who would offer you help. Your mother will die this night if you do not do anything.
1: Show yourself! How do you know Mother will die? I am the knower of all things. The witness in
0: the dark. The power of which you can harness. To save your mother.
1: What are you?
0: I am the dark. But I am also... You desire
1: Mother Please, I'll do whatever you want. Tell me what to do. And thus my bargain was struck. I was instructed to provide sacrifices to this being to ensure the health and life of mother. For life, I must offer death. My forced-in bargain. I fear my humanity is lost. August 4th, 1906. All day I've been trying to decide who will be the first. Every time I think I'm not going to be able to do this, Mother has a choking spasm. My nerves are frayed beyond belief, my mind goes to the darkest places. Just earlier today I was polishing some silver and I had a waking dream of stuffing Samuel's mouth with a rag and wrapping my hands around his neck, choking the life out of him. And so, on it goes, dark visions sent to me from the unknown. I believe the specter is to blame. I've decided who it's going to be. I've decided the unwitting victim of my... my dark deed. A young footman named Tom. Blonde, young at heart, innocent to a fault. An orphan who arrived only a few months ago. If he disappears, people will just think he he ran away. The time is now. September 26th, 1906. The being is requiring a sacrifice weekly now. It's getting harder and harder to get away with it. The police have been out here a number of times now. We have had maids, footmen, and even guests of the mansion go missing now. Nobody ever sees me, but more and more people have suspicious eyes now. Mother is better than ever. She's up and about, helping out in the kitchen, like the good old days. The cost is steep. But I must say, with every death, with every last breath taken, I I feel myself getting stronger. Not in a physical sense, it's, it's hard to explain. The sheer jubilation that courses through me with each death, it scares me. I find myself actually relishing it, reveling in it, these worthless beings are as docile as cows in the field fuel for the powerful a dark passenger sits with me deep in my mind always watching always waiting i was confronted by lovey and madeleine today they spotted me in the west wing returning to my room after a disposal
2: Malik, what are you doing out of bed so late, and in the West Wing? Yes, quite peculiar.
1: Mr. Mortain summoned me.
2: At this time? Highly unusual.
1: Yes, well, if you don't mind, I, I must return to my rest.
0: Wait, what did he summon you for?
1: Your business is your own. Just as mine is my own.
2: You aren't curious as to why we are out of bed with people going missing so often?
1: As I said, your business is your own. Good night.
2: Well, good night then. Indeed. Pardon, is that blood on your sleeve?
1: Yes. The Master's Blood.
2: Malik? It's you, isn't it? What have you been up to? You're the one, aren't you? <sighs> <coughs> October 31st,
1: 1906. Over the past month, Alan has been providing the families of the people that have disappeared a place to mourn in the Mortain Cemetery. Small headstones erected for all of them. They number in the 50s now. I can't get enough. I'm not sure if I do it for Mother anymore, or or whether it is just for me now. Either way, I I cannot stop now. The stranger has asked for suffering now, and, and not just deaths. Today I locked Alan, Bella, and their newborn Edgar in the secret room in the East Wing. There they will live out the rest of their days. As limited as they might be.
2: Malik, what is it you wish to show us? So much so it had to be a secret? You will see, sir. I really hope you like it. Well,
0: whatever it is. It is really very kind of you. We thank you for your gift.
1: Don't thank me yet, Lady Mortain.
0: Oh, come now, Malik. You know better than that. Please, call me Belle.
2: Okay. Here we are. Why... This is just the games room.
1: Yes, but with a small addition. Please, after you.
2: What is this? A secret room? There is a crib and a small bed in the corner. Why are there bedpans?
1: I thank you for... Every opportunity you have afforded me, but I'm sorry. I must say
2: goodbye. You. You're the one making these people disappear. Yes.
1: And now it's your turn. Please, don't do this, Malik,
0: for the sake of Edgar. We just lost Anna, my sweet Anna. Was it you who poisoned her?
2: How how could you? And how could you make us believe she took her own life?
1: I'm sorry. This is the end.
2: You'll never get away with...
1: The stranger... Came to see me today. I could see a form this time. From the readings I have been going through, supernatural occurrences are strongest on All Hallows' Eve, when the veil is at its thinnest. Can I see you, but not your face?
0: The veil is at its thinnest tonight. I choose for you not to see my face. I am here to offer you more. I know you crave it. I know that the killing and suffering is not stating your desire as it wants it. I
1: I cannot sleep anymore. I, I shake, I have pains. How can I make it stop? You must release yourself from your physical fall to find relief. I promise you'll become more powerful than you have ever imagined. You mean kill myself? You will live forever.
0: You will just be unburdening yourself from that meat sack that you call a body.
1: What about mother?
0: As long as you keep sacrificing, she will remain amongst the living.
1: December 31st, 1906. Since being in spirit form, my powers have grown exponentially. I no longer hear any noise from the secret room I put Alan and the others. Anna still doesn't realize she is dead. I keep her on side, though, and take her spirit as it regenerates. This is the thing about being in this form. You can just take energy from the spirits around you, of which there are many. There is well over 100 spirits that haunt these halls. Most are unaware of their predicament, which makes it easier to feed from them. I sacrificed Lee today. He was shocked to see me. I had gone missing on All Hallows' Eve, so he wasn't expecting to see me. I used Samuel as a distraction. Samuel I had crushed months earlier with the Mortain's automobile. As a spirit, he has been confused, and I have had to convince him his only job is to get the mail. Something has broken in him.
0: ...correspondence for the masters. Samuel? What are you doing here? letters Th- speak the tr- truth. But we buried you three months ago. This isn't possible. A pen to a page is the b- voice of t- truth. I-, I don't understand what you are saying. What is wrong with you? Time to join the family. Ah! Malik! Ready? (laughs) What
1: what, what have you done? What I must for my family. I, 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 I don't understand. You don't need to understand, you just need to die. Well done, Samuel.
2: Where are the the letters? I, I must find them.
1: October 31st, 2006. As the years have gone by, it becomes increasingly difficult to find sacrifices for the stranger. Mother is starting to rot, and her mind has slipped. She lives in my room now and never leaves her rocking chair. I've thought about taking her life, but cannot bring myself to do it which is amusing in itself because of the amount of people I have dispatched over the last 100 years. Some visitors appeared today. The elevator, which has a mind of its own these days, has brought them here. From what I have observed, his name is Jimmy Horrors. The other silent one has not revealed their name. I will continue to observe them but I sense strong energy from both of them. November 1st, 2006. The one called Jimmy speaks of another dimension where he holds domain... He speaks of there being many other beings. Could this be a new source of power for me? I shall befriend them and see if I can gather some more information. The stranger wanders and watches. He does not speak, but I know he is measuring something. I must be careful.
0: Did we do it? Is he gone?
1: Sam, your stutter, it's gone.
0: So it is. He must be gone. Friend, what did you do? I thought we were gone for sure, and he had us beat. I have sensed the power in you. But never would I have thought of that magnitude.
1: He is gone.
0: But it looks like we have lost Madeline, Lovey, and Belle. (laughs) Others appear to have been absorbed as well.
1: (sighs) My love. (sighs) No. Not Mother, we just got her back.
2: Oh, Anna. Come here. At least she came back to us in the end. Oh,
0: hopefully all those lost are at rest. Oh, it's time to go. Can can you feel it? The pool. We've been released from Malik's hold and cruelty. Jimmy and friend. How can we ever thank you enough? No need, Samuel. It wasn't completely unselfish for us to get to this point. We are trying to get home, remember?
1: Yes, but we would have never made it here without either of you.
2: Thanks to you both. We are so grateful. You both fulfilled
1: your end of the bargain.
0: (coughs) It seems your way home
1: has arrived. Thank you. Goodbye, friends. In another life. The butler
0: is gone forever. All those voiceless are avenged. Truthfully, I started off doing this for me, for us. Now I know I did it for them. Quickly, let's get in this elevator before it leaves us behind. It. I am happy that we were able to release all those souls, though. I'll miss all of them. What's that, friend? Me? Soft? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may be right. Nothing a little torturing won't fix. You know it's only the bad and evil that make it here in the caves, right? (laughs) Well, thank you, friend. It's only through your help that we made it back here. Ah, my sweet Beatrice. She still lives. Okay, friend. I must leave you now. I must attend to my duties that have been left for so long. Thanks again. Come back soon, and we'll reminisce over a drink. Oh, Beatrice, I have missed you. You've been listening to The Night's End Podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. The Butler's Lament was written by James Barnett. For more from James, head to jamesbarnettauthor.com to check out more of his work. Malik Sweeney and Narration was performed by Xander Swag from the Xander and Stone podcast. Samuel Linklater was performed by Mike Ricard from the Stories of Strangeness podcast. Anna Mortain was performed by Rebecca Strazina, who is the host of her show, The West London Witch. Lee Mortain was performed by Falconetti. Alan Mortain was performed by David Martinez. Jimmy Horrors and the Stranger was performed by James Barnett. Belle Mortain was performed by Alexis Whiteside. Lovey was performed by Marianne Coleman, who is the host of Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Madeline was performed by Maggie from The Ladies Fright podcast. Agnes Sweeney was performed by Victoria Irwin, who is the host of Texas Slang for Crazy podcast. Armitage was performed by Brandon Marsh from The Parry Unity podcast. This episode was edited and produced by James Barnett. If you feel like supporting the Night's End other than listening, please consider leaving a rating and a review, as it helps us reach more listeners. If you want to support us further, why not head over to nightsendpodcast.com and purchase some merch from our shop? We've also got a clothing line called Stay Horrific, which you will find at stayhorrific.com. Stay safe. And we'll be back really soon. And as always, stay horrific, everyone.